All right. All right. Mm, 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 mm. Welcome, everyone. It's Humble and Fred. And uh, what a drag. Here we go. Listen to this. It's the strength of Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Remember this? Yes. Have you ever had one of those nights that started off so damn good? No fights, no fuss. It's understood that when you go to the bar, man, we ain't leaving to those girls in the car. Well, this night started off just like that, except Jamie's what? in the driver's seat, Saget's in the back. We rolling on 20 to the club, pull up front, Saget's in the back seat, rolling a black. Valley opens up the door to park. The uh, kind of weird. I don't know where, uh... Some point in yesterday's, uh, you know, day, uh, doing running around, all of a sudden I look on my phone and Bob Saget is dead. My question to you is, what were your first thoughts? I was sad because I was sad because he was sixty-five years old. Yeah, and it looks like it was natural causes, and uh, it just uh, shows you, right? You never know. Well, my first thought before I was sad and 65 and my friend Fred's 65 and my first thought was, oh, uh, I wonder if it was drugs. Isn't that weird? You know, when somebody 65 dies, same with when, well, I don't know about Norm MacDonald, but, you know, you sort of go, well, he was performing the night before and all of a sudden he just wakes up, you know, he's dead, but... I've been looking on the uh, internet. I can't see if he was sick or he had been sick. With Norm Macdonald, you know, it turns out he had been sick for a while. Well, they say uh, the preliminary, you know, no signs of foul play or drug use. I, I equate this one more uh, to John Ritter. That's where my mind sort of went. Another sort of middle-aged guy that maybe had a underlying issue he didn't know about. Oh, I thought you were saying this guy's on sitcom. <laughs> no. Yeah. Although my kids were rather sad. I never really watched that house, uh, that show Full House, but uh, Melanie, even more than Danny, was, uh, they love, they talked about loving that show. Uh, I don't know if I ever even watched it. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I'm obviously aware of it, but I'd forgotten looking at Bob Saget's career. I'd forgotten he hosted People's Funniest Videos, American. Wasn't what's the name of the show? Oh, that too. Yeah, that show. I had a tolerance uh, for half of the first episode and never cared to watch it again. It, yeah, from nineteen. I want to say it was like it, it ran for a long time. America's Funniest Videos. I think is what it was. I mean, that was uh, that was a great time. I mean, the, that show was introduced when the actual like VHS video camera was very popular. And yeah, <laughs> remember people would send it in, and you'd see like the little squiggles. Well, you'd see the date of, of the quality, of the date, and the, yeah, you'd yeah. see the timestamp on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, there's what kind of a show. I mean, a show like that now means it would mean nothing because, you know, all that stuff is done so quickly with your phone and online within seconds. So what's the point of a TV show? America's still doing it on some level. I don't know. I mean, now that that show would be, well, that shows on your social media every day on TikTok, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's funny. And I'm going to go back and watch it today. One of my favorite sort of inside stand-up jokes is something called the aristocrats and 
in the movie, all these different guys, Gilbert Gottfried, all these different comedians are telling little pieces of this of this. All it is is the the world's dirtiest joke that comics have been telling each other for years. But right. it's universally considered that Saget's. He finishes the movie with his full version of that joke, and it is the filthiest, funniest thing you've ever heard. And it's so weird because it's Bob Saget. It's the guy from Full House. But he is he was a filthy, really funny, dark, you know, edgy comedian, mm-hmm. which I think surprises a lot of people. But as he said in an interview I watched this morning, he goes, you know, I was a, I was on a show. I was just an actor. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that's not exactly who I am. Right. No, I've heard that. You've told me that. I, I can't say I've really heard any of his stand up. Uh, the dirty boy uh, stand up that he does, uh, but I, I recall several times you talking about that over the years. If, 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 if you're listening, you haven't seen the Aristocrats. You should check it out. Here's some of the uh, reaction from some of the biggest comedians in the world. John Stewart says Bob Saget, just the funniest and nicest. Jim Carrey, he had a big, big heart and a wonderfully warped comic mind. He gave the world a lot of joy and lived his good life and lived his life for goodness sake. Mm. Yeah, uh, 65, not a very old man. You know, on the same weekend, uh, Sidney Poitier dies. Yeah. And he lives he lives to 94. Where is the fairness in that? <laughs> and you've got to know that Bob Saget at some point was aware that Sidney Poitier had died and probably yeah. thought to himself, oh, that's a good long life. Yeah. You know, goes out and does a two hour stand up set and then the next goes back to the hotel and some time in the night. And that was it. Yeah. Now, Noel Kasler, he's on the show today. He's the Gig Sky guest of the day. I wonder if he ever uh, had any uh, relationship or worked with Bob Saget. He's worked with many. Well, I guarantee he'll have uh, at least, you know, some Bob Saget association. Noel's not only the Trump guy, but he's worked on a lot of big television shows. You know, that song I played just off the beginning there, that's how we met Stu Stone, who's a regular on Toronto Mike's show, and Stu's a good kid and an actor. And, and I went back and I watched that video this morning. You know, Saget was just a good sport, you know? You sort of get the impression, and from what people have said, is that he didn't take himself too seriously. He thought that character on Full House was great, and he was always kind to people that recognized him from it. But, yeah, just sort of a good shit, you know? And I thought of you. That's another thing I thought of. I thought, Fred's 65. 65, man. Freddy's 65. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Believe me. Yeah. Because, you know, and it gets, and I heard that said many times yesterday, you know, savor every day. You never know what tomorrow will bring and blah, 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 blah. But again, it, it, it's so true. It is so true. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Once you get a, of a certain age, you become a senior. It's you never know. You just never know. No, you don't I mean, know. You but- never know. You never know anyway. But I just as far as your body breaking down or underlying issues you may have developed over the years, and it's just a ticking time bomb within you, and you don't even know, and all those things. I don't know. You know, like yeah, what you're saying makes sense. And I, sometimes I think about you and I at our ages. I'm going to be 62 in a couple of weeks. You're 65, and. Somebody else is turning 65, and I said, oh, Fred's already 65. I've had this conversation this weekend. 
but like I look at you, you know, you know, kind of a cool guy, you know, you long hair and your beard and you got your hoodie on and I'm I look at me and I'm in pretty good shape, you know, I do a lot of activities in a day in a weekend and I think, well, you know, we're just you and I are just walking around and we don't seem old. But I guess if you're in your 30s or 40s and you look at us and go, well, those guys are maybe we seem older to people than I think we do. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, Melanie said that last week as an aside, Melanie, my daughter, and uh, I was taken a bit aback by it because I, we were talking about something and it was an age related thing. And then I said, yeah, well, look at me, you know. I'm officially a senior citizen now. Mm-hmm. And her response was, yeah, but yeah, yeah, dad, but you're cool. Yeah. And I didn't even pursue it or anything. It just, I was taken aback and I thought my 39 year old daughter thinks that I'm cool. I'm just going to let that lie. Just, I'm not going to ask why or anything. I'm just or what in let context? That, yeah. I'm just going to let that settle. That's all right. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. And I'll tell you why. Because Charlie, my eldest, who is 10 years younger than Melanie, whenever the subject of age comes up and me, mm-hmm. she always defaults to like, yeah, but you're in great shape. Or yeah, but mm-hmm. you're a young 61. Like, you know, if I joke with her, oh, you know, daddy's getting old. I won't be around forever. No, no, no. It's, you know, you're young. You still, you know, to her, she doesn't want to think of me as old. But I was thinking about my dad at 61 and your dad at 65. We always say, oh, well, they seemed a lot older. But did they seem a lot older than we do now because we were young then? Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, I know. I know. Like night. I remember I had my dad's 65th birthday. It would have been 1990 at my last house on Driftwood. And it was, we organized this sort of surprise thing. And he arrived again, his 65th birthday. And in my mind at the time, it was just a day for a bunch of old people to be at my house. (laughs) It was like all their friends and acquaintances. And it thought, okay, yeah, well, it's going to be like a senior's home for the day, but it's fine. You know, I won't. I won't have to spend a lot on booze. I'm thinking. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been writing. I've been working on this bit for the last couple of months, just about aging. And there's a funny thing that I think happens. And I'm not sure if it happens at every age, but I know it happens at this age, which is everyone thinks they look younger than they are, and everyone thinks they look younger than people their their age. You know what I mean? Like. You know, as, as I described both of us, I, I guarantee you that people in their 60s, to to me, it seems they look older than us. Like they seem a bit. And yet I think, oh, maybe that's that's me, too. <laughs> that's, that's me, too. To the checkout person there at Sobeys. I, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, funny or whatever, make the odd remark. They just think I'm some goofy old man. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a real mind to the boiler. I oh, think yeah. guys in their 60s, when you develop that boiler, I don't know if there's any return from that because it's so hard to get rid of. And I think that really puts stress on your health. And obviously, or honestly, that's one thing I notice when I look at other people that I perceive to be in their 60s. It's just the, really the profile. Yeah. It's and isn't it funny because it's not good. I, it, it, it is such a demarcation of aging more for men than women. Obviously, yes. if you see a woman who's got a big boiler, but but mm-hmm. more than gray hair and more than losing your hair, if you've got that pot there, 
It yeah. seems to, well, because of what it does, it comes with all the other inflammation, you know, mm-hmm. your face looks mm-hmm. jowly. And um, you know what I think we should do now, though? Mm-hmm. I think we should start the show. The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canacabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and serving over 20 million customers worldwide. And now, here are two men who have a combined 80 years of broadcast experience and are still trying to figure it out. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, that was a long intro there. That was a long pre-show. Maybe we shouldn't do it that long. Uh, this program, getting ready for it on this uh, Monday. Uh, more about Bob Saget. We gotta do, at some point, we got to get to some emails. Uh, I want to tell you that we're uh, both very excited to be wearing Health Gauge watches. This is the first show I've done in months where I actually didn't have the watch on because I'm charging it, you know? HealthGauge.com is where you get this amazing space-age monitoring system. And if you put in the uh, promo code HumbleFredHD, you get 15% out of uh, 15% at checkout. So check it out. Humble and HumbleFredHG for 15% off at HealthGauge.com. You know, it uh, gave me a bit of a start the other day, my health gauge. This is how accurate it is. We were going out somewhere, and I had to have a quick shower. So, you know, when you get out of the shower, sometimes you're a bit hot, or you got to cool out a bit before you get dressed. Sure. So I get dressed, and I throw on my health gauge, and all of a sudden, I'm getting these warnings that I'm I'm hot. I'm overheating. You know, the temperature thing comes on, goes... And I check my temperature, and I'm like 101 degrees. And I'm thinking, oh, no, COVID. Oh, no, COVID. Oh, <laughs> there's the first sign. COVID. Oh, yeah. 101 degrees. And then, of course, Miss um, Rationality looks at me and says, well, you just get out of the shower, and you're running around the house. You might be. You might want to wait a few minutes before you uh, get too alarmed over what Health Gauge is telling you. No, that's and, of good course, point. Within five to seven minutes, I was back to like 98.41 or something. You know, I, I do that, though. Not, not out of the shower. Like whenever I start, if I feel flushed at any point in the day, the first thing I do is I look at my watch. And I think, oh, okay. You know, because I came in, Rachel and I went for a 50-minute walk yesterday. You know, at some point, I'm going to look at my, just checking out my temperature. I wanted to, sec- I wanted to see how many uh-huh. steps I'd taken. But I was pretty sweaty. And, you know, we walked pretty, we didn't run, but we walked continuously and yeah you can sort of see like oh my temperature's up but not 101 that's a pretty big spike yeah it was but it was back to normal within but uh, you know i'm out of the shower and i get dressed immediately and i'm running around looking for this and where's my wallet and where's my keys and then you just wonder if bob saget had been wearing a health gauge whether he'd be alive today maybe he would have received some kind of an early warning and got his ass out of that hotel room if only bob had gone to humble gone to healthgauge.com and put in the promo code humblefredhg uh did you want to tell us about somebody uh over there you know Sponsorship wise, oh, yes, we can do that. Because since I did Health Gauge, I thought maybe you would pop in with one of yours. Yes, uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. They've uh, been a Humble and Fred partner for a few years now, and no wonder so many small businesses have, uh, you know, taken the time to go to chamberplan.ca, click on the get a free quote badge. And found out how this works, how it can work for them, what the costs are involved. 
how 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this and how premiums are very reasonable for small business, and they've done a good job of holding those uh, premiums, holding the line on them for the past few years, even through these difficult times. And speaking of COVID, uh, they cover COVID when it comes to travel insurance at uh, the Chamber Plan, just so you know. Uh, medical insurance like prescriptions and uh, dental and uh, the Teladoc system, all sorts of products within the under the umbrella of the Chamber Plan, chamberplan.com. Uh, so do you want to, uh, I have a story. I don't know if it says, do you want to, should I tell a poo story now or should a person save a poo story? Do you, what do you say? I mean, you, used, you used to be a program director uh, at some point. Um, do I tell a story like that now or do I save it for later in the show? Do we do emails? Should we go back to Bob Saget? Should we talk about the bills? Should we talk about uh, COVID? Remember. I mean, I know we can save a lot of the American stuff for Noel Kassler, but... Like, I I don't know what to say, because my attitude as a program director got me fired, so I would say, <laughs> yeah, go with the shit. Go with it. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's not that big a deal. It was just one of those things where, I guess if you are around somebody enough, it's some, maybe this thing will happen. Like, in the 45... Let, let me put it this way. How long have you been with Noel? 45 years? Yeah, 74. What's that? Okay. 47? So you've been living with... But how long have you actually been living with Dahl? Like 40 years or something? Since... Yeah, 1980. 41 years going on 42 years. Has Dahl ever seen one of your uh, uh, turds, for lack of a better word? (laughs) In the toilet? Yeah. Oh, I would imagine. Somewhere along the line. Has she ever called you on it? Like, oh, Fred... um, Maybe... You got some something floating there, some leftover. I, yeah, I, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I probably. What am I? If, you know what? Law of averages. Yes, yeah. but you don't remember. I mean, the, I'll tell you the reason I bring it up, as you can probably tell, is that you know Rachel was over this weekend and we had a great time. And at some point during the day, I guess it was Saturday, she said, uh, "Oh, uh, you left a little." Uh, I don't know how she put it. You left a little gift for me in the in the toilet. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, yeah. I said, what? She goes, yeah, one of your... And this is what she said. One of your turds. <laughs> was, didn't go down? Didn't go down, I guess. Because I, 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 I was like... I immediately got all embarrassed and I'm red-faced and I'm like, what? Because I thought maybe in my old man stupor, I just forgot to flush it. But she said, no, no, it was... Like, there was no toilet paper, it, it, but I guess that one just didn't go down for some reason. A little more buoyant. You know, but eating a lot of fiber. Anyway, I was okay. mortified. I just thought, oh, great. I said, that's, that's great. Now, you know, now that's the stage of our relationship. She was pretty funny about it. She goes, oh, no, it was good, though. I mean, it looked well for her. <laughs> she went on to, to no. describe it to me. Yeah, that can be embarrassing. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Doll's more concerned with the urine. What, does the urine get everywhere? urine. Huh? Where does it get everywhere? Well, she's forever... You know, she's concerned that when men are peeing, that it's splashing out on the floor around the... Well, it is. Because if you have a big, a big, long, hard stream... 
you know, it could hit the water and then bounce up and then whatever. So she's forever, like, cleaning the floor around the toilet. So what I've done now is I have, down here in the basement, I have a bathroom. So unless it's a super emergency, whenever I have to go, I just come downstairs to my own little washroom that she hardly ever goes into. Well, she she just says to me the odd time, is that bathroom down there clean? Well, she never goes in. Well, I, I do that. You know, with in 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 my house, which is also our office, the bathroom that our listeners um, built for us, which was you know for guests and people visiting the show, that's where I normally go because I don't you know I like the privacy and I like you know, and she never goes down here. But for some reason on Saturday, I went into the middle floor bathroom and. And that's all I could think of. It's like, oh, great. Now this, you know, lovely woman that I'm involved with has a pretty good idea of what my poo looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. The, the very thought of that sickens me. No, I know. As does me. Um, yeah, it's, you know, and it's an age old thing. You look back and look at your own product. Or everybody enjoys the smell of their own farts, but when it comes to somebody else, it's like a completely different set of roles. Um, let's move on, uh, if we can. Big sports day yesterday. Um, I have a couple of questions. Did uh, Novak Djokovic, that's what they, people are calling him, eh? Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Did he ever, did he get an exemption to play? Um. A judge in Australia has ruled that he should be able to play, but apparently the government is going to contest that. Um, But as it sits, yes, he's been told to be released from the quarantine, and there's no reason why he can't stay in the country, according to a judge. You know, it becomes one of, like here in Canada, one of those charter of right gray uh rights gray area by the book yeah you shouldn't be able to force people to do certain things but special situations call for special measures so that's sort of where they're at right now with him but i i find that i found that whole thing just disgusting especially as old man this this is an insult to the people of serbia or whatever country he's from like what what are you talking about just get a fucking vaccine and this is over uh, let's, see, let's back up a, a bit. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the the point of this all was that somewhere back in December he was given an exemption. He, he for some because I I'm just trying to clear that part up. What was the medical exemption that he applied for and and received? Uh, apparently because he had had it or something, right? So the Austra- but that was only the Australian Tennis um, Association, right? That had said, yeah, so you're good. You don't need this or that. But then when he arrived, when he went through official government um, screening. Yeah, the protocol. No, 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 no. This is no, no. This is not going to work. But and again, I'm not defending it. I just was trying to understand that he yeah. thought he, he didn't come there without some some idea that he was going to be allowed to play. Right. In his defense. Sure. I mean, yeah, the fact that he's not vaccinated, that's a whole other conversation. I was thinking mm-hmm. about that yesterday watching some sports, and I had this conversation with somebody else saying, you know, like, I don't, under- I don't understand how it's not top of mind to anyone in America on television right now. Like, watching sports on no, TV yesterday. You don't e- it doesn't even, it's not even mentioned anymore. No. And I'm 
I find that very frustrating. But the Djokovic thing, all one thing you have to re- uh, remember, even though some other tennis players have come out in his defense saying let him play, because if he wins the Australian Open, he sets an all-time record for Grand Slam. Yeah, 21, right? Or something like yep. that, yeah. So others have said, we don't know why there's a gray area here, because we were all quite aware of the rules before we arrived. And what he is claiming was set out. So, yeah, where was the breakdown? Somebody within the Australian Tennis uh, Association so anxious to have him there gave the green light to something that other people didn't get because he's not the only one that's unvaxxed apparently you know but and for people who aren't you know sports fans they maybe can't understand why it's so important to the australian open to have him there but as you just mentioned you know if he wins he sets a record but he's also the most the biggest draw in tennis is this kid Mm -hmm. and a lot of sponsorship a lot of Fans, a lot of revenue is tied to his appearance at this tournament. That Mm -hmm. being said, I thought the same thing. Just get, why is it so hard Mm -hmm. for these people, especially high profile athletes who are traveling the world? He was going there, he went to Australia Mm -hmm. from Dubai. He's going all over the planet. Wouldn't it just make sense? Just get a shot in your arm and shut up already. You know, just do it. Yeah. Forget the example it would set and, and maybe lives it would save. But for your own, you know, if I were a, and whether you're traveling on a private jet or not, just just traveling around, you just think, well, I, I'd want to have the highest efficacy of protection that I could avail myself to because yeah. I'm an athlete. You would think you would think. And, you know, this anti-vaxxer fatigue, those who are vaxxed are really becoming and I'm like that. I mean, and I'll give you an example. Like Aaron Rodgers. Every time I see him on the football field, I want him to lose. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I want the Packers to lose because of him. Just because what we've been through with him. Yeah. Um, and it's that anti-vaxxer fatigue. It's like enough already. The numbers are there. And if I hear one more person say, oh, look at that. Even, uh, you know, people with boosters are getting the vaccine. <laughs> look at that. What's the use of it? They still can't get it in their brains that it's the internal numbers of hospitalizations and ICUs. Even look at in Ontario here now. Like, it's overwhelming. The people in ICUs that aren't vaxxed. That's the story. Yeah. So anyway, so now I go back to Djokovic and, uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. They're aware of that, too. So, you know, join the, you know, join the world, fellas. Um, I saw, you know who Pierce Morgan is? Of course you do. Yes. There was a Pierce Morgan who I, I, I'm assuming by this tweet, he's sort of on the same side as us in this argument. Mm-hmm. He said, "I the tweet was a, a, a screen cap heard from a nurse. None of the vaccine skeptics seem to be treatment skeptics. Every single one of my unvaccinated COVID patients blindly accepts being pumped full of various drugs when their own life is on the line. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I thought of that because we've had this conversation. It's like I initially I understood and I, and I can have compassion for people that are vaccine hesitant in the initial stage because we knew a few people. I did. You know, my ex-wife Randy was like, I'm not sure if I want to get it. And I said, OK, that's fine. And I remember having the conversation with her and she said, if I'm not vaccinated, will I still be able to come to your house for this? I think it was Thanksgiving. When I said, no, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 
I, I don't want to have, I don't want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And then she reluctantly, but eventually capitulated and got the vaccine. So I get initially some hesitancy, but overwhelming now. The, the, we've all moved on. And all mm-hmm. that thing you just said about people saying, well, you see, you can still get the virus if you're vaccinated. They don't seem, I think what it is, Fred, let me wrap up by saying that. It's just, if you've dug your heels in yeah. this long, mm-hmm. it, it's got to be tough for you to, to, to turn around. Like Aaron Rodgers and Djokovic. It would be so great if they did. But it, it's got to be tough for them to, to come back around after all this time of digging your heels in. Well, that's it. And I think it's like that with so many people. Uh, and it's, it, it's sad. Because uh, I saw the numbers, you know, a medical doctor here in Ontario, uh, top-notch um, expert on communicable diseases. He gave a profile that if everybody in the province was vaccinated, where we'd be right now. And it's shocking. The numbers would be cut in, in less than half. Mm-hmm. Because we're still not getting all the internal numbers. A lot of the du- the double vaxxed or the boosted people, double vaxxed, boosted people that are in ICUs in Ontario right now <clears throat> are all old or underlying yeah. issues. Yeah. There's chances they'd be in the hospital for something else anyway. Uh, and, we, and more of that needs to be known for reassurance. Yeah. Well, I, I have a couple of stats for you. Between the ages of 60 and 79... I, I, I had it. It's between let's between 60 and above 80 is about 60 percent of people that are getting ill, extremely ill from this are older people. The people dying are over 80. The people that are very sick are in that 60 to 79 year old age group that all have wait for it. Type two diabetes, some underlying heart condition, something, 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 a, a shopping list of whatever that phrase is, comorbidity or whatever. But those are the kind of numbers, because as I said to Rachel, and I had the numbers yesterday, we were talking about this. I said, that really means that most of these cases in Ontario of people under 60, they're not getting very sick. You know, I saw both of my daughters this weekend off and on, um, and Spencer's already over her COVID. She still sounds like she's got a bit of a cold. Charlie now um, completely, you know, in the, in the rearview mirror. Everyone is recovering from it. Our uh, agency guy that works with us, Ryan, you know, he's come down with it, but I talked to him on the phone or a Zoom call, and he just sounds like he's got, you know, he was really not feeling well Friday, but not really much worse than a bad cold. And the frustrating part is, oh, there's so much to this. You know, I read an article on the weekend, too, the attitudes between the attitude between the United States and Canada. Can it, Americans are so much more willing to sort of take it in in stride and for the betterment of or for the betterment in the name of freedom they're okay sacrificing those lives we we have a completely different mindset here yeah we think nationally we think of the person we don't know dying yeah and we worry about them down there that that mindset just doesn't exist. It doesn't hit home with them until it hits home with them, like within their home yeah, or somebody they know. Yeah, except at the extreme levels. I agree. But at the extreme levels, you know, there's all these stories. I read some this weekend about people that are literally in the ICUs dying of COVID and, and these people right. still denying 
that it's mm-hmm. even a thing. But you're right. We do think we when we've said this a thousand times, we are more patriotic than Americans. We just are because we yeah. care about our we care about for the most mm-hmm. part. You know, I mean, we've got pockets of lunatics, mm-hmm. but what that I don't you know, here we are in lockdown. I was watching the golf from their first uh, tournament of the year. And it was great because I was watching golf last night from Hawaii. And, you know, they're not super huge crowds, but there are crowds of people, especially around the 18th green as the tournament's wrapping up and they've got these sky boxes. So there might be, I don't know, five or 10,000 people and they're all just next to each other. And here we are in Ontario once again, where this weekend, you know, you can't go to a restaurant. You can go and do a few things, but, you know, the the fact that all these restrictions are in place here, but I'm watching a golf tournament from Hawaii where there are no restrictions in place and, and doesn't seem to concern anyone. Howard, 14, 15 hours ago, there was 80,000 people at the stadium in Buffalo, an hour and something, you know, mere minutes away from the Canadian border where everything is shut down. Neighbor John, you know, he's back going to the States on business all the time. <clears throat> Former neighbor, neighbor Former John. Former neighbor John. <clears throat> he sent me some pictures, I think it was Thursday night, from a bar in Ohio. Just jam-packed. Nobody wearing a mask. The drinks are flying. And then, he got, and then I said to him, uh, like, that's unbelievable, John. He said, yeah, you know what they're calling it down here? Fluorona. So he's talking to his buddies about, you know, hey, we're all locked up in Ontario. And they're going, what? Because because of fluorona? Mm. You guys are locked down? Like, why? Like, I know. So that's that's their attitude. <clears throat> By the way, speaking of Buffalo, what was the uh, outcome yesterday? Uh, the Bills won, I think, 27-10 or something. They clinched the, uh, the AFC East title. But because of what happened last night the raiders beat the chargers yeah I heard uh, that. the raider the raiders are in the playoffs but that victory by the raiders may, means that the bills have to host the patriots on saturday. oh nice yeah this weekend that's, coming up yeah that scares me saturday night that's another thing i love about the nfl they don't care eh like that game, that game was designated as a night game. Doesn't matter if it's in Buffalo. So next Saturday night, it could be like minus nineteen. You'd think they'd even say, you know, maybe it's Buffalo. We should make it an afternoon game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I love Eight, that. <clears throat> Eight fifteen Saturday night. <clears throat> it'll be the Patriots at the Bills, and that scares me with Bill Belichick. Hey, eh? you just never know. I was hoping it would be another team like the Chargers or something. But. Well, not only that, the fact that it's going to be. Well, today, I, it's just, I was out with Stanford 15 seconds this morning. This is as cold as I've been <laughs> this winter. And I don't know what the temperature is going to be next Saturday night. But, you know, even if it's just an average winter day in these here parts. Um, listen, before we get to Noel Kassler, who is coming up here any second, let's talk a little bit about the world's most comfortable pants. Shall I? Yes, I shall. Watch me. Of course, doer, D-U-E-R dot C-A. That's where you go. That's where you go get them. I'm wearing them. Freddie is too. So can you. Lots of hundy peas are digging it. Doer pants are built with technical design features and tons of stretch. I've mentioned it before. My favorite pants I'm wearing this winter are fleece-lined denim. What? Do they even do that? Yeah, they do. Get you some at D-U-E-R dot C-A in the promo code. 
the promo code, uh, the promo code is Humble A-N-D Fred 15. Humble and Fred 15 at checkout. And that gets you 15% off these amazing pants. There's pants, there's uh, sweatpants, there's active wear, there's adventure wear for men and women. Go check it out. D-U-E-R dot And yes, Noel Kasler will be our Gig Sky guest of the day. Uh, Gig Sky has just launched their Travels Reward Program. Go to the Gig Sky app or sign into your account at gigsky.com to check out the program. Uh, whether you're pulling up directions, looking for the coolest restaurant or bar, or sharing your post-COVID pictures on Instagram while traveling, and people still are, uh, you'll want to access data when traveling. And uh, GigSky is the way to do it. All GigSky data plans are prepaid with no contracts or recurring fees. You get what you pay for. Your service never throttled. Download the GigSky app today. Enter code HF2021 for $5 off your first plan. Okay, that's at GigSky.com. And don't forget GigSky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying. Go to gigsky.com slash aeromobile to find out all about that and see who the list of partner airlines are. Gigsky.com I uh, just looked at my phone Dan Duran checking in Uh, I can't remember if I said it or you said it. He said uh, all of a sudden he wakes up dead Uh, I guess I said that. He said morbid but I laughed. By the way on the Facebook feed Steve Glassman Stephen Glassman uh, is talking about he had worked with Bob Saget. And I, I, of oh. course, I should know that. Stephen's produced a bunch of stuff at Just for Laughs. And Stevie, if you're listening, uh, maybe you can check in around the end of the show because starting in a couple minutes from now, we've got guests. We've got a couple of guests and we've got Dan Duran's news, but I'll send him a note and say, hey, why don't you check in? And uh, tell us a few uh, stories about Bob Saget, who universally, from what we've already read this morning and people that have worked with him, all say two things, that he was really, really funny and really, really nice. And, you know, it's not a bad way to go out. No, not at all. It's, uh, again, what I've read, read as well from people that were on that show with him, Full House. They just thought he was a sweetheart. Hmm. Have you uh, done what you normally do and checked out his uh, net worth? No, I haven't, actually. Good Should question. we? Do you want to do that? Uh, can I yeah. guess? Okay, you, you go find it, and I'm going to guess based on sitcom money, funniest video money, stand-up money. You know, he was on this long tour, going to be working stand-up, uh, big theaters, you know, sort of Massey Hall-sized theaters. I'm sure he's a hundred thousand plus a night guy, maybe more. I don't even know anymore. Really? Okay, so I'm going to guess his net worth, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the first number a two? Nope. So is the first number in the tens? Oh yeah. What, what do you mean the first? number? Well, is it like twenty million, thirty million? Yep. Higher? More, no, higher. Fifty million dollars. That's it. That's Bob Saget. Yep. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, my brother now is answering me fifty million. Okay, I can. I don't need you to just yes or no. Okay, Jesus. Yeah, fifty five zero. What time does Stephen get up in Edmonton to listen? Well, to this nonsense? Stephen gets up early because every day he goes over to his grandchildren's home because he has he can't do it. So he's telling me now. Okay, I, I, do we have time? 
No. Because uh, he goes over to see, because his daughter has twins. And so right. he, so his wife right. helps out with the twins overnight. And then Steve takes the morning shift while his son-in-law is getting ready for work and his daughter has a chance to sleep. I mean, he's described their mornings. It's chaos with these two kids. You know, and he sort of helps out for a couple hours, and then he uh, goes and hits golf balls somewhere. Well, there you go. That's family, eh? That's yeah. how it works. That's what he just said to me. He said, I can't pop in. I'll be with the twins. We can talk tomorrow. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Big shot. Does that mean he won't be going? Away? Oh, he wouldn't anyway because of COVID. But Won't be going where? Away this winter. No, no, no. <laughs> and I think their plans were to, well, they've already spent a few weeks in uh Victoria, mm-hmm. but I don't think he was going to go somewhere warm this year. Can you even imagine? There's no old castle. I can't even imagine what Edmonton would be like. How cold would it be if it's this cold here? What's it doing in Edmonton, and why would anyone go there? Um, where are you, man? Are you uh, you're outside of New York. Your your weather's similar to ours, isn't it, Noel? Yeah, it's cold and it's getting more and more similar to yours by the by the year. But it's not Edmonton weather. No, no, it's not. No, dude, that's like during the during Christmas here in Toronto, it was like six above Celsius. I don't even know what the fifty degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And in Western Canada, where I come from in Moose Jaw, it was, feels like minus forty seven every day. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it gets so cold, Noel, that the bottoms of your tires become square; they become flat. That's insane. It is insane. <laughs> yeah, that's way too cold. <laughs> I didn't know you were a man from Moose Jaw. Though. Oh, yeah. Awesome. There's, I tell my, tell this story about my dad and I and my brothers going to a hockey game in Edmonton. And as I was walking from the car to the, the, the arena, I started pretending that I was too weak to go on. I'm like, it's ridiculous. It's too cold. Leave me here to die. And my dad said, oh, you should be used to this. You grow up in this weather. I'm like, there's a reason I left. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah. There's a reason I live in California now. When I was a kid growing up, we used to refer to a really cold day as a snot freezer. You know, when you would yeah. breathe in and your snot would literally freeze. But that's the exception um, here. But I imagine out west, it's like that all the time. No, it's ridiculous. Hey, uh, let's uh, formally welcome one of our favorite guests who is now making his 2022 debut. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, stand-up comedian, a television producer, an event uh, coordinator. And really one of the uh, finest uh, Americans we've had uh, the honor to be involved with these last couple years. Say hi to the very funny and talented Noel Kassler. Mr. Kassler, uh, happiest of New Year's. I, I, I don't know. It's January 10th. Can you still say Happy New Year? I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm told we can say it until the middle of the month, but we certainly can always say it to people, you know, friends that we like. So right. happy to mm-hmm. you guys, man. So happy to be I know that you, you got to, we, we have a, we always have an easy conversation, but let's start with friends that we like. Were you uh, friends or acquaintances with Bob Saget? You know, a lot of my friends were very close with him. I wasn't. I didn't have a lot of personal stuff. I, I did a, um, a Don Rickles roast with him at the Friars Club. That wow. We shot in New York City in, I think, 2013 and a couple other you know, kind of comedy variety shows that he was on. But, you know, it's rare in the comedy world to have somebody who's so genuinely liked. Yes. You know, he's one of those guys that, like, just everybody loved. And it felt like a death in the family when I heard last night. And the irony is I was literally just watching an old show of, with him on it Friday night that was shot in Canada at Montreal at the Laugh Festival or whatever it's Just called. for laughs, yeah. 
just for laughs. And I know I should know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it was a show called Green Room that had like comedians on a panel. And he was on there with Patrice O'Neill and Sandra Bernhard and Roseanne Barr and somebody else. And he was killing, you know, he was cracking up the other comedians. And I remember noticing that I'm like, look, that guy just cares about getting laughs, not in a business competitive sense. But you could see the joy of making people laugh in him, which at its base is what you want in a comedian. It's just pure, you know, like that little kid who's trying to cheer up his mom because he's sad. There was an element of that in Bob. And I think that's why his passing is so melancholic. You know, Mark Breslin, who has been running Yuck Yucks for 40 years, had a tweet this morning about how he enjoyed booking Bob through the years and that what he loved was watching audiences who know him from television and all the sitcoms Mm -hmm. and such actually experiencing his act and how it would shock them. But he did it. And Mark had a a funny phrase. He said, you know, Bob was sort of a a consummate, a bit of a trickster, you know, like he impishly like he he loved the fact that you didn't expect those terrible (laughs) things coming out of his mouth because he really is dirty. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want to see how dirty he is, Go out and find the aristocrats today because his telling of that joke is by far the best in that movie. But it's so weird because, as you said uh, off the top, Noel, most comics aren't great laughers. But Bob was a great laugher and other comics seem to find joy in in his, as you say, in his, his ability to make them laugh. Well said. Yeah. Now, the guy was participating in the spirit of comedy. Yes. You know, and and it was you're you're right. It was so jarring because he looks like this guy who's like almost like a lawyer. You know, he looks like Mm -hmm. a sober adult. We all know him from Full House. I was late to the game in finding out how dirty he was. I didn't find that out until like 2008 or nine or something. And I remember the first time I saw him do a set. I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) Well, that character he played on Full House, you know, the vast majority of people, they think that's that's the person. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll say one other thing. He passed, you know, his last tweet was he did two hours. He did two hours on stage and didn't realize he had done a two hour set, which tells you everything. You know, the guy Mm -hmm. was enjoying being up there so much. He lost track of time. What more do you want? You know, Um, you know, last time you were on, Fred mentioned that. And I was thinking about you this morning, thinking, you know, how are we going to have a conversation with Noel that doesn't sound like we're just beating up on your country? Because so so knowing that we don't want it to feel that way, but you really are, you know, the person that we have these conversations with. And to be honest, Fred, we don't have them as much anymore as we used to um, outside of Noel's appearance. Because there was a time there that we were just fucking went for 90 minutes every day talking about Trump and all this stuff. And then finally, the audience goes, you know, not everyone knows who, you know, all these people are. So having said that, if the next couple of minutes sound like we're ranting about America, it's just take it. We're just curious. Um, How are things for you? Because here in Canada and Toronto, we're locked down again. Yeah. We're into this first full week of this lockdown. Where Tell people where you are and what it's like where you are. Well, you know, kudos to you guys for continually doing the right thing, you know, and, and don't feel bad. My country needs a little slapping around these days. OK, but uh, we're not 
I'm back in shutdown mode. I canceled my gig that I had coming up in New York City this month, a big gig, but it just doesn't make any sense to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I did a, a gig right before Christmas in Boston at the city winery. And, you know, half my audience had to cancel because they didn't want to risk it. And I don't blame them. So I was no longer in a position where myself as a comedian was going to ask anybody to come out to a show. I think it's the right thing to do to lock down. That being said, we're not locking down in this country. You know, we're back into this gray area, which, again, is a legacy of Trump. He's divided us. Half the country acts like it's not even happening. Mm-hmm. And we're at a place this week where our hospitals, our healthcare system could almost break. I mean, the tweets that are coming out from nurses and doctors in these emergency rooms, they're out of beds again. You know, they're completely overworked. They don't have enough nurses. And at the same time, we have Texas GOP Twitter accounts saying masks are dumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so we're not only battling this pandemic that we're all weary from. We're still battering this sort of wildfire of ignorance that Trump ignited at the top of this thing. And that's what's exhausting. You know, I can lock down again. I'm fortunate. I can sit in the house. I can Mm -hmm. work on my memoir. I can go on podcasts, you know. Like, I don't need to go out and do stuff, but to have to battle a pandemic at the same time you're battling ignorance that's spurring it on or Joe Rogan or people that are just like talking smack about like, don't wear a mask, don't get a vaccine. That's exhausting, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, the Trump thing, when you say political, that's a whole different beast because of the way he was. But here in Ontario, it's political from the standpoint where a lot of people want to jump on our current premier for whatever reason. And what you just he's being jumped on for what you just said is happening in New York State. We're running out of beds We're you know, we don't have surge capacity and all on and on and on and on. And it's just good to know that because we're not alone here in Ontario. The problems are happening everywhere. So it, it sort of goes beyond politics in so many ways. It's just inadequate facilities is Absolutely. what we're dealing with. S- same with us, you know, which you know, stretches way, way past our current premier and the one before him and the one before him. This is a, a problem that's been happening for a long time. Right. And that and and uh, and your healthcare system is that much better than ours. <laughs> you know, ours mm-hmm. was already beleaguered and had, a, a, you know, systemic issues before this. And now mm-hmm. you're you're relying on a system that's been overworked for three years. You know, think about that. Think about like what's left you know, in the physical mm-hmm. capacity and the bureaucratic capacity of the hospital admin systems, it's got to be hellacious. And I'll say one more thing, you know, cheers to your PM, you know, right before Christmas, I was wishing that Biden would say, hey, guys, maybe this is the holiday to stay home again. Maybe right. everybody doesn't need to get on a plane and go to Florida this week and carry on as business as usual. And it, that's what he told people to do. He's basically like, if you're vaxxed, live your life. And Mm-hmm. And that was obviously, I don't think, the right call, because here we are again. Now we're surging everywhere, and we basically have to shut stuff down. You know, you know what happened here on Saturday night, Howard? Just to give you an example, too, of the problems that you face when this thing runs out of control. Saturday night in Toronto, there was no, there were no ambulances yeah, available. Yeah, I heard that. Yep. And you know what the part of that problem is? People that have, are getting COVID symptoms, if you go to the hospital in an ambulance you stay on that gurney right with the attendants that's right until until, you're, until until the doctor sees you until you're no, admitted people, that's right 
and people know that. So they're going, I'm not going to do the walk and then sit in a room with a bunch of people. I'm going to call an ambulance, whether they need it or not. So when they get there, they're attended to. And that's creating a problem. Yeah. Now. That's insane. But yeah, what a, what a what a compassionate system that that's the law that the EMTs stay with you, you know. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, I don't want to rub it in, but that if you call an ambulance here, it's like, you know, a free Uber ride to the hospital. Um, I, there, I read yeah. something. Well, there's two things I wanted to run by, Noel. I'll, do you want? Can we start with Ted Cruz? Because I don't know. I'm sure I, I haven't asked Freddie if he mm-hmm. saw the clip of mm-hmm. Ted Cruz yeah. being bitch slapped by Tucker Carlson. But I, I I watched it a few times, and I'm like, first of all, if I were running against Ted Cruz, all I would do is run the clip of him saying, "I, you know," uh, or, or no, sorry, of Tucker Carlson calling him a liar, and he just sits there taking it. Meanwhile, there's all this evidence on the Internet that he has said that phrase uh, terrorism or terrorist. He said it multiple times, not just the day before, where he actually said the right thing, which was the Capitol attack was an act of terrorism. What are you, what's your take on that? Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, it was disgusting. He's a man without a spine, you know. But what we saw in Tucker Carlson, it was almost pornographic. Like, yeah. It was difficult. To, I was waiting for the guy to come in and tie him to a chair in the middle of the room, you know, and walk over to his wife or something. It was one of those. <laughs> it was like degrading. Yeah. You know? it looked like a sex act, you know. And I'll tell you my two thoughts on that. One, that was done for the benefit of Donald Trump because they knew he was having a bad day. So that happened on the day that Trump canceled his press conference and yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody talked about how bad January 6th was because it was on the evening of January 6th. The second thing that a lot of people may not have at first noticed, but I pointed out in this car rant I did was that was Rupert Murdoch flexing. That was Rupert Murdoch saying, hey, this guy went against the party line, which is now that the big lie is real, that Trump was the legitimate, you know, elected president. That's what they're saying on Fox News every night. And this guy went against it. So he has to be publicly humiliated now, not just to get back into our good graces, but to show up the world who's boss. And ultimately, that's Rupert Murdoch, right? He's pushing that stuff. But I, I mean, if you if you haven't watched it, folks listening, uh, go check it out because it really is obscene. And that's a great, you know, it's pornographic in a way because I'd never seen a, a talk show host or whatever he is. Just, just go at a, a sitting senator humiliating this guy, making him eat his words. It was just ridiculous. Meanwhile, if you're a, I just wonder, my question to you, Noel, is if you're a guy like Ted Cruz who has an eye to 2024 running for president, who is he who is he winning over by being because <laughs> it's one thing to be capitulate to, to capitulate on something where, you know, maybe you went offside and you, you said the wrong thing and you're there saying, listen, I, I made a mistake and I want to apologize because we've said this on the show, Freddie. You know, if you've like Letterman going on after his affair saying, hey, I had an affair. I'm a human being. I fucked up. And I'm apologizing for it. But this thing with Ted Cruz, I guess my final uh, my question to both of you really is, how does that win him any points outside of what you said, Noel, with the uh, Fuhrer? How does it win him any points going forward? It, it doesn't. But he's a guy who's universally despised. So he's not so much concerned about making friends at this point. He knows like he's already done his part in Texas. He's a senator. Right. All the other congressmen from Texas are in gerrymandered districts in his party. He's going to win as a senator where he doesn't even need gerrymandering because he does a video where he's frying bacon on his AR-15. 
You know, he knows that the party is going to do the work for him. And by that, I mean the NRA and the conservative evangelical movement. All he has to do is say his opponent is going to let immigrants into the country Mm -hmm. and going to be a communist and take away your guns. And that's it. He's a senator again, you know, and he knows it. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's very calculated. He can't win without that far right. The, The minute that's gone, he can't depend on the people in the middle. You know, Jake Tapper referred to him as he said he's got the backbone of a cantaloupe, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but when you think about that, who would, like, even as a center, a senator, I mean, forget Ted Cruz, ask somebody who would actually go into a voting booth and tick his name. Yeah. Like, what do you, who are you voting for? I, again, this is the guy when he was up against Trump uh, in 2016. Trump insulted his wife, insulted his father. And then I'm reading even insulted Ted Cruz's daughter. And then, you know, Ted comes out like, no man is going to say yeah. those things about my family. And then immediately becomes a sycophant. Yeah. Exactly. Trump. Like, who, who wants that? Who wants that person to be your president or your senator? Yeah. They say, man, I'm asking the same question. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you're absolutely right, Fred. And I don't know how to point that out. I mean, that's what I tried to do on Twitter. I'm like, look, you're Texas. You you basically sell yourselves these myths that you're these tough guy cowboys and cowboy right. hats. And say, here you got a guy who went to Princeton yeah. who's basically deep throating another guy on TV mm-hmm. and saying, I'm sorry, sir. Can I have another? You know, yeah. it went to, you know, he went to Harvard Law. He's from Calgary. No offense. But no, I know. Florida, you know, like, although it makes sense. He's from Calgary. But, you know, Oh, it's funny you say that. And I'm, by the way, if you're not following Noel Kassler, uh, this is how we originally met. I follow Noel on uh, Twitter, and some of your stuff is really funny. I just looked at something you wrote last week. Just a simple tweet. He says, I'll bet Jesus would have worn a mask, which I, which I loved. But uh, yeah, it just it's inexplicable. But I, And I think Fred made a really good point there. If you know you don't have to have any redeeming qualities and you'll still get elected then you can do those things that seem inexplicable to us but i read something this morning in a a head of your appearance and all i thought oh i'll bring this up uh there's this article i know it's the new yorker and so it's run by communists but anyway it's called this whole thing is about they call it gross polarization and in the in the united states as of last week 70 percent of democrats think that covid is a problem But the issue with the states is only 30% of people that identify as Republicans now still think COVID is a problem. And before you came on, Noel, we're talking about he was watching the bills. I'm watching the the first PGA Tour event last yesterday. In in American sports, at least, there is no more mention of there being a pandemic. Exactly. We had bowl games, like six bowl games on New Year's Day as this thing was surging, you know. And you guys both just nailed it. Ted Cruz doesn't have to worry about reelection because the right, the machine and infrastructure of the right is doing the work for him. And that was the point I made about Murdoch is that he went against the big lie, which is like the coin of the realm these days. Amongst those facts that you just mentioned, Howard, are 70 percent of Republicans believe that Trump you know, believe the big lie. Yeah, Trump I read that wasn't, too. You know, didn't lose. That's insane. It is. And that's the result of a year of misinformation with no pushback from the Dems. That's my problem is like, how do you fight against these guys? Uh-huh. You know, I, I, we've said this many times. Fox News, you know, has America's simpletons. They have that market cornered. They really do. 
And do these people that follow Fox and hang off every word, do they ever think that the man running it and calling the shots isn't even an American? He doesn't give a shit about that country. (laughs) Another point I always make. They're taking their cues from an Australian who's sitting on a 200-foot yacht outside of St. Bart's with Jerry Hall feeding him grapes. You know what I mean? He's the opposite. But look. It's like you said, Howard, they're watching football games. They're not digging deep. They're no. certainly not reading the New Yorker. And, and, and I, again, I was going to, aside from you, I, I, asked, I said this to my girlfriend, Rachel. I said, I have to ask Fred because I haven't watched very much. Like, I haven't watched a hockey game since the playoffs last spring. So I'm curious, Fred, what Canadian broadcasters of sporting events do, do we, is there, is there, like, do they mention the pandemic? I mean, they must in the NHL recently because there are some rinks in Canada that have no fans in them. All of them. Well, there's no games really uh, happening right. in Canada right now at all. But in, in Canada, in Canadian broadcast, uh, mm-hmm. in sports broadcast, is there still a pandemic? Because I haven't watched any. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, and you can't help because, again, you're watching the game and there's nobody in the stands, right? Right. But do they mention it? Do they say, oh, you know, we're in lockdown uh, yeah, or in Toronto? Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, Saturday night, uh, I saw the beginning, you know, uh, the beginning in Hockey Night Canada, Ron McLean and, you know, the other panelists are all in separate rooms now. Okay. They're not at the desk. And they say because of, uh, uh, because of Omicron. Because I'll tell you, Noel, you know, I watched a couple hours of the Century Tournament of Champions and beautiful vistas of Maui, and there wasn't one mention. And as I said to Freddie before he came on, you know, at the 18th green there, there's got to be seven to 10,000 people in skyboxes. They're all just sitting next to each other. Meanwhile, this weekend, you know, you I, you know, go get takeout from a restaurant because you can't go in the doors anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you know, as the crow flies from Fort Erie, Ontario to Orchard Park, New York, where the Bills Stadium is, I would say 10, 15 minutes. Maybe. If that. Yeah. If that. Yeah. And it's frustrating from that standpoint for us because 80,000 people are there. And when the Buffalo Sabres play their home games again, just across the border, full rinks, they do that and we can't. And it's like we don't see people dying in the streets in Buffalo. So what's right? Like half of that or capacity limits? Like why are we none and they're full? Like it just, it, it's hard to get your head around. Yeah, I know, Noel. You were, we don't expect you, by the way. Yeah. We, Noel, I just realized we're just, Noel's still here, by the way, in case you're not watching this. Um, the uh, Noel Kassler podcast is also available, by the way, wherever podcasts are uh, put out, but also on YouTube. So Noli, um that's right, my new name for you is Noli. Um, Let's not do that. No, you don't. I'm not sure. Noli's the way. Noli Ryan. What is your what? What do your buddies call you? What's your nickname? Leon was my nickname. Jackson Brown gave me because it's Noel spelled spelled backwards. I'm doing it. Okay, Leon. Um, (laughs) So you're not doing stand up. You you sort of snuck this. I'm working on my memoirs, and people would go what? But Noel's had this career outside of Humble and Fred, if you can imagine, where you've just worked on so much. So many shows. I can imagine that your memoir or your the your recollection of these has got to be amazing. You know, uh, Bowie. Uh, it was his. What was everyone was talking about Bowie this weekend? Birthday. It was his birthday. You have a you have Bowie stories. 
Yeah, Bowie was the man. The first time I worked with Bowie was at a VMAs at Lincoln Center, probably around 99 or 2000 MTV VMAs. And I remember I greeted him to bring him inside to the rehearsal and he looked younger than me. He was in like such good shape. And Mm -hmm. I turned to him, I go, dude, you look younger than I do, (laughs) you know? And the other cool thing I did with him, he was very much a New Yorker. He was very involved in New York. He lived downtown. He would walk around and stuff. And he and his wife, Iman, had a foundation and they would do a benefit every year and i did one where they honored bono you know and it was at the hammerstein this ballroom and he had this dinner and just hung out with everybody you know and i i saw a lot of things behind the scenes and example and not gossipy but just cool things like we were talking about paul mccartney last time and i'd forgotten how many things i did with paul mccartney like Mm. i did a concert in hyde park with him in london where crosby stills and nash opened up and he had a big party and by the way his guitar player looked up the episode where we talked about paul mccartney because brian ray is a friend of mine and somebody told him on twitter noel was talking about paul mccartney and you today on humble and fred come on yeah 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 so i know you guys dig McCartney, his drummer and his guitar player follow me. Wait so. a second. So you're saying McCartney's guitar player may have tuned yeah. in to Frederick and myself uh, talking nonsense. Definitely, because he was like, where is it? Send me a link. And then he said the person who told him about it, never mind, I found it. So he was, and then I was like, wait, I, I had to rewatch the clip and it sounded like I said Brian May, which I may have. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Who I have worked From with Queen. Right. right, exactly. Well, just but, so you know, Fred and I have a Beatles boner now, so. I know. And the Beatles are awesome, but that's yeah. a good example. Like I got a private tour of John Lennon's boyhood home at the Jackson Brown gave me. So it's just stories of being on the road in my life and coming from a kid who just loved this stuff. Like most people love sports. I grew up worshiping the Beatles and the Stones and I ended up working with, them. you know, oh, what am I amazing, doing in yeah. the pit with Keith Richards guitar swinging above my head? You know, I had a Keith Richards poster on my wall when cool. the FBI came in and raided my mom's, you know, my house for, you know, you know, that story. You know, no. she, my no. mom robbed banks when I was a kid because she Whoa. had a drug problem. You, oh, you right, know, right, right. Yeah. Before, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's been a while, though. And, and, and we're old. No, you know, we're, we're Bob Saget's old, you know. But the point in that is I had a bit of a troubled. Yes. Now. But, you know, she was a young single mom and drugs and stuff this early 80s. So she got into some trouble with the law, you know. But I was this kid sort of worshiping this world of music. You know, if I could just mm-hmm. hold on and get to there, everything will be OK, you know. Yeah. And I got to there and I worked through the issues I had in life and I got to party and rock and roll, you know. <laughs> You know, my uh, youngest daughter's uh, in the film business and wants to be a director. She's working on some shows there. And um, recently she worked on a uh, commercial where, you know, as a second AD, her responsibility was wrangling the talent that day. And it was this kid, uh, Fred, from uh, the latest Marvel, uh, the Simu. He's a doesn't matter what the movie is. Anyway, he's a big star. Mm-hmm. And I asked Spencer, I said, what was it like hanging out? for the day mm-hmm. and they said uh you know it was cool and then at one point the, the big star invited spencer to come and have lunch with the family and it was kind oh. of a surreal moment you know there mm-hmm. you know for my daughter who knows this actor and, and i thought of you at the same time thinking you must have had so many of those moments where and and and, and you know spencer's 23 so it was a big deal. But I, I, does the novelty ever wear off of hanging out with Jackson Brown and going through John Lennon's childhood home or having dinner backstage with McCartney? Do you ever sort of pinch yourself and go, where the fuck am I? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. You know, and Spencer, I guess, is your daughter's yes. name. 
player to stay in that because that's what I did. I was a talent wrangler. When I came in as a PA at 22, I looked around and saw all the jobs, and I saw that it was somebody's job to handle the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to deal with stars. And I was like, that's the job I want. I don't care if that pays less. That's going to be the most interesting to me because I'm going to get to observe, you know, and get stories and spend time with these people that you wouldn't otherwise. So that's what I pursued. And, you know, you, you got to focus on the work. So a lot of the time, you know, you, you like, especially with somebody like McCartney, you got to get your head in the game. You can't mm-hmm. be thinking about, oh, he's a Beatle. You got to think about what your role is to put on that show. But mm-hmm. like I mentioned, Edmonton and Jackson Brown. I did a, a tour of Canada where we went from Victoria, I, or uh, you know, Vancouver Island, from Victoria to mm-hmm. Newfoundland you wow. know, in March, and we like drove across the country, and it was just me and him and a really skeleton crew on a tour bus. And I remember one night somebody had sent the copy of the No Nukes concert that I saw in the movie theater as a kid. You know, mm-hmm. with Spike mm-hmm. and James Taylor because he needed to sign off on it. And he'd never watched it. So he and I sat up late night on a tour bus watching this concert film that was iconic from my youth. And I'm just sitting across the bunk with this dude at 40 years old or whatever, you know, being like, how did I get here? Yeah, it's crazy. The other thing, I'll just can I just finish real yeah, quick? Yeah. That story, we would also watch the Trailer Park Boys video. <laughs> That's great. So when we got to Nova Scotia, I said, I'm calling these guys up because I have yeah. the clout to do it. And I did. And we're now friends for a long time. So, you know, that's what's funny. If you work with the talent, it'll turn into other things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. By the way, the yeah, like, uh, actor was Simu Lee from uh, Shanghai, uh-huh. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's who she worked with. You know, and there's different levels of that. I mean, you're in a position, maybe you're in the same room with some of these stars and you know you don't really get to interact but to to actually be with somebody like paul mccartney and have a conversation where at that very moment they're talking to you Mm -hmm. like nobody else they're conversing with you i remember that time we had lunch with robert duvall and i remember that went through my mind it's like wow i've seen this guy in so many places he's talking to me right now he's not talking to a group he's talking to me and what a thrill that is and I can imagine if that's Paul McCartney, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's like Graham Nash, who I mentioned on this, mm-hmm. you know, I toured with those guys and he grew up with Paul McCartney. So he'd sit around and tell me these personal Paul McCartney stories from when they were kids. Yeah. And I, the first time I toured with them, I was on Graham's bus and sitting up front with the bus driver. Because it was like my first couple of nights with them. We're in Florida. So I'm sitting in the jump seat and Graham goes, no, what are you doing sitting up there? You're one of us. Get back here. Nice. Oh, and I was just like, wow. And, you know, that, those are the experiences when you're eating food with these people and you realize people are people. You know, that, that's why you do it is, is to get, you know, comfortable in these worlds. And then you just can you can focus on the cool things, the creativity, you know. Episode uh, 44 right of the uh, Noel Kassler podcast. Uh, get it wherever podcasts are sold. And uh, check out our boy uh, Noel on YouTube. And uh, next time we'll talk. I, I like the idea of having a, a bit of a hybrid now because it can't all be we hate Trump and he's shitting in his pants. I mean, that's funny and stuff, but. feel, <laughs> <laughs> um, brother. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the gift that never. I, every time I see him now, I go, my man Noel says he's making duty right now. Exactly. Uh, all right, kid. Always great talking to you. We'll see you in a month. Stay safe and well and all the best. Thanks, my friend. You guys. Happy New Year. Thank Happy you. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New buddy. Year to Noel Kassler. Fred, uh, Freddie, our Gig Sky guest today, of course, Noel. But obviously, this show is brought to you by other people. Uh, for instance, the retirement Sherpa. Yeah, Tim Nibblet is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. 
Uh, Tim makes a weekly visit on Wednesdays. And, you know, last week, same thing, a look ahead to uh, 2022. You can't look ahead without, you know, appreciating your past. And, you know, he talked about, did you have a good year? Would you like to improve the next year? What are areas that you can think about and learn from? All these words of wisdom. That's why you want this guy to be in control of your um investments yeah. i mean it's that it's that simple because uh he's a level-headed wonderful man that has helped many humble and fred listeners well we've told you the stories he's the retirement sherpa retirementsherpa.ca i can tell you right now in this country we are very lucky to have such a, a wide array of choice when it comes to the world of cannabis but i can tell you and this was even before uh, that these people became, you know, our sponsors. I went into Canna Cabana. This was, you know, during one of the other lockdowns. And I ordered online and I did the pickup. And I can tell you, even then, there's a different degree of service at Canna Cabana that you will find. And I'm a bit of a dispensary connoisseur now. And I can tell you from having sampled different places, Canna Cabana is your one-stop cannabis shop with the largest selection of cannabis brands and accessories. And by the way, um, you know, we're talking about dried flour, vapes, edibles, all that stuff, concentrates, bongs, dab rings, you know, a Dan Duran weekend, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically yeah. a Dan Duran from Friday till Sunday. Yeah, it's all uh, in the dishwasher now. Exactly. All at unbeatable prices. The highest THC for less, if you want the highest THC, and a lot of people do. Canada Cabana is where you'll find it. And as I've mentioned, if you go to their website, every item that I mention that has a THC component, they list it. And members, if you want to join the Canna Cabana Club, and why wouldn't you? You save up to 70% on accessories every day. Ah, uh, now, Danny. Danny. Yes. Uh, we have our uh, guest slash client from uh, GoDaddy standing right. by. Well, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pause now. Can you pause? I've got a couple of great, uh, great stories. There's new COVID cures I want to cover, and there's a, a subscription service for fast foods going on in the States that we must uh, chat about as well. So I'll come back, and we can talk I about that. it. I like that. I like that little... Uh, go daddy thing. Well, I like what he did there, Freddie. He just did a little promo piece there. It was cool. Yeah, so yeah. teaser. Little teaser. Yeah. All right. Teaser. Fred would like that because he used to be a program director. That's a yeah, program of course. Director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Got hearing, fired. by the way, one of your. What's that, Fred? Got fired. Got fired. Yeah. He was a failed program director. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. But not through his own. Uh, anyway, listen, I'm, so I'm also hearing myself back through one of your um, speakers. So somebody have a look at that. Uh, all right. Dan Duran with his news about 10 minutes from now. All right. Thank you, Dan Thank Duran. You Dan. Thank you, Dan. Uh, very exciting to talk to somebody like uh, Jill Schulenberg from GoDaddy. I was researching our our guest today. Jill is an experienced business leader. Wait till you hear about the accomplishments. No, I know. Jill is an experienced business leader with a record of accomplishments in delivering revenue, profit, and customer satisfaction in multiple businesses. Jill's also a uh, certified uh, Pilates instructor. So no, again, I, I another, want to talk one, about Another that. one of those uh, achievers, right? Yeah. Uh, um, on top of everything else, she can be teaching people Pilates. Now, I want to talk about Pilates, actually, as well. You know, um, I know it's funny, Fred. We both keyed on the same thing, Jill, which is 
the fact that you can teach Pilates is bizarre to me because I did I did one class like 20 years ago, Jill, and I'm like, well, I'm never coming back to this because it's so hard. Yeah. Well, I had done it for about eight years before I started training. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had been given a bit of time off (laughs) from my um, paid time off from my previous employer. And so one of the things I wanted to do was get fit. So similar to you, I was doing like a couple classes a week, but then I started doing six to nine hours a week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The advantage of not working for a while. What is that? What is the thing that you use in Pilates? It's got a name. A reformer. A reformer. It's this piece of equipment. I remember the first the instructor showed me this thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do this. No, but talk about instant results, eh? Because oh, yeah. I did it too. When Howard owned a part of a uh, a gym uh, so many years ago, about 20 years ago, part of my regime was Pilates. Really? And the and the the results. I mean, it's work, but it's results. Yeah, it's so good for the core and the back. Yeah. And a friend, in fact, a friend of mine last weekend, she's been having problems with her knees. And mm-hmm. it's actually her whole body alignment because she's kind of crunched over. Yeah, like right. a lot of so, us. Yeah, got got the bolster out, did a bit of stretching, showed a few exercises. And um, again, I'm not an athlete, to your comment. I was not a natural athlete, right. but it was something I got into. And then after a year, I, I trained to be an instructor. You know, it's interesting. I mean, we're going to get to GoDaddy in a second, but I, I was talking to my Cairo last week and I was saying, you know, like I, I'm in pretty decent shape, but my back is always sore on this one side. And, and she gave me some core things he said you know you really need to firm this up my core and the mm-hmm. fact that my my buttocks are squishy um anyway but it's good to have you here jill well take us on your career journey if you can like you know what led you to work for GoDaddy, and then we'll talk a little bit about GoDaddy and and some of the great things you guys are doing perfect uh so i started my career in packaged goods i worked for procter and gamble for a number of years um, sold a lot of things like Folgers Copy and um, Bounce and Downy Fabric Softener. Nice. Um, then I went on very uh, to sell toilet paper. Um, definitely a necessary product. Ninety six percent household penetration. Do not ask me about the other four percent. What are they I using? I said I am not doing research. <laughs> Maybe they're it. using Bounce dryer sheets. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Very absorbent, very absorbent. Not good for flushing, though. Um, so it was kind of I hit a bit of a fork in the road. I had a, a great offer to go be a GM with a large packaged goods company. Um, doing well, making a lot of money, um, very luxurious kind of role. And then I also had this role to run um, to start to come into Microsoft to run their online marketing business. Um, and it was a fork in the road. And I went with my gut. And I said, I'm not going to sell soap for the next 10 years of my life. Um, I want to go do something more exciting. And I went to Microsoft and started in technology. Wow. Fantastic. Now, you're with, uh, you're the Canada, Australia, Latin America. <laughs> you, you oversee these markets for GoDaddy. Um, do you do a lot of traveling with that? Well, I, I used to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been grounded for the last two years, so I am, um, when things are much safer, really excited, especially to go back to Australia, um, love Brazil, and it's great to be in the countries with local people that, you know, can take you to the local restaurants sure. and museums and all the haunts, and they're always excited and, and proud to have you come in. So I do look forward to traveling once again when things are a bit safer. 
Now, the, those markets that you serve, is the attitudes different? The attack on sort of websites and uh, the, the service that you provide, <laughs> do you notice a difference between, like, Australia, Canada, Latin America? Yeah, I, I, I got Australia into my portfolio because there are a lot of similarities in terms of large geography, you know, English language, uh, country. Obviously, we have French here, too, economics, etc., I do found, though, Australia is definitely um, more traditional. It's probably more British, where we skew more American. Um, they have some expressions, and they talk about stuff, and it's so formalized. Like, mm-hmm. I kept getting emails saying, we're going to do an EDM, an EDM. And I'm like, what's an EDM? It's electronic direct mail. I no. email. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, guys. Um, so I find it a lot more formal. And then Latin America, of course, is a whole completely different, you know. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, well, let's talk a little bit about GoDaddy. And, um, you know, Fred and I have been, a, you know, we, we've been doing this show for years and we have websites and, you know, it, it's one of those things that, it, you know, we all speak website and, and the, the language of marketing. How has GoDaddy's marketing campaign strategy changed throughout the pandemic? And how has the last 20 months uh, impacted your business? Yeah, interesting times. I would say a couple things. Uh, we definitely pivoted during the pandemic and um, moved a lot of our advertising and marketing to a campaign called Open We Stand, which was all about supporting entrepreneurs during the pandemic. We obviously talk about that a lot and we have a lot of partnerships. So in Canada, we work with Black TO. In Brazil, we work with a group called Sebrae, which is the largest not-for-profit um, helping entrepreneurs. And then, um, interestingly enough, we actually went into the Olympics for the first time in Australia uh, this summer because there's nothing mm-hmm. like a pandemic to give you a good deal on an Olympic sponsorship. No, I um, bet. <laughs> and the irony of yeah. that was Australia was in full lockdown during that period, so TV viewership came up. So it's kind of weird. Obviously, a lot of things go a bit off track, and then you know, some things kind of fall from the sky, like Olympics and viewership at home. Yeah, cool. So you make the jump from Microsoft to to GoDaddy. Again, was that just a situation of wanting something new, trying something new, trying something different? Yeah, I had a bit of a segue in between. As I said, that's when I had my my paid sabbatical um, and started training. And then I briefly worked as a consultant in small businesses, which was also exciting. I um, I was recruited by a former colleague and friend of mine. There were a ton of Microsoft people here at the time, mainly from the online MSN business. And so he reached out to me and then I went through a lot of conversations and process and it was very exciting and the culture I wanted to join. So it was took a little agony, but it was a good decision in the end. Mm-hmm. And what overall trends, uh, Jill, do you see sticking around, you know, things, maybe lessons learned from the pandemic or just in general, how has marketing changed and what does GoDaddy see? Sure. Um, Well, certainly omni-channel selling. I mean, who would have thought that you would have pickup, pickup from retail stores? I mean, that was other than the odd takeout meal was very unusual. Uh, A good example, a good friend of mine who was a master Pilates instructor Uh, It's worked out really well for her because she was working in studios. Well, most of the studios are closed. And so you can do, you know, she now has her own private one-on-one that she's able to teach in. And she's become an independent contractor full-time versus working for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we definitely see a ton of people moving to online selling. For example, I think I think when I started seven years ago, it was something like 12% of people were selling online of our customers, and now 50% of Canadians have a website. So that that just tells you what the uh, evolution. I'm sorry, is. what? Mm-hmm. 50% of Canadians have their own website? Sorry, I should say small business. Oh, small yeah. business. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I. Yeah, sorry. But, yes, but you know yes, what? Yes. It's funny you say that, Jill, because because I would even under, even individuals are are so marketing savvy now. Whether it's you're selling something on you know Facebook Marketplace or uh, Poshmark or something like that, everyone is becoming has become more savvy. Even in the time we've been doing this podcast, and we're talking to Jill Schulenberg. And if you want more information, go to GoDaddy.ca. And you can start your website for free today. No credit card even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Um, and uh, what a pleasure talking to you. Again, I, I want to finish with the Pilates part because, again, friend, friend and I, having mm-hmm. both tried it, um, is it just, it, here's the thing. I was doing this exercise this morning that my Cairo gave me where I was trying to engage my lower core. <laughs> I was laying there on the floor while the coffee was being made. I'm like, I don't, I don't have a lower core. Where is it? Where's where's my lower core, Jill? Well, and I think part of it is that's so specific that then you're you're thinking about it. Oh, yeah. I think think the thing is to be doing exercises where you don't even necessarily acknowledge it. Like for me, when I started out and I was doing stuff and they'd say, oh, you're in a neutral pelvis, a flat pelvis. And you're like, I don't know what I'm in. And now I can feel it and I can cue it and I can see it in people. And so that's another great example is obviously um, Pilates has all moved online. Yes. Yeah. uh, For people like me is actually in some ways good because I can take a break, get a 50 minute class in and it only takes me an hour. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have Uh, to commute. I don't have any downtime. Um, And I certainly have lots of good recommendations if you guys need any. And Jill, is it ever too late? Like, I'm 65, Howard's almost 62. Like, is Pilates, like, is it a young person's game? or? Well, I, I, I definitely was on the older age when I trained to be an instructor, but there are instructors my age, and there are certainly clients where I tend to work out in their 80s. Wow. Um, yeah. There's and the sometimes answer. there's even cognitive um, work you can do and spinal work. So some of it's just activity the older you get. But no, there are some... There are some ladies who rock it in their 80s where I work out. Two things. What a pleasure meeting you. And also, I just want to say on behalf of the Humble and Fred uh, program and our sales department uh, that we are uh, grateful to have GoDaddy as a client. And hopefully we'll have a chance to check in from time to time. And hopefully you guys will uh, get lots of new GoDaddy clients from this program. Perfect. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. All right, Jill, Jill. take care. Right now, I'm squeezing some core muscles wherever they may may be. Take care, Jill. Take care, Jill. Yeah, again, you know, I love love these achievers. I mean, she works for a big uh, soap company, and then... You know, she's approached by Microsoft and then achieves enough that somebody like GoDaddy comes after her. No, I must know. be nice. Must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah, it was great talking to her. She's uh, got a lot of experience in the world of marketing. It's funny how you saw that too. The uh, the Pilates thing. I was like, oh, that'll. That'll be a great uh, way to start talking to her. 
I've been beaten and broken, but I healed though. So many ups and downs for Dan Duran to rejoin us. Problems, but we deal. Oh, here I'm comes. trying to do better now. Find my inner peace, learn my art form, and find my energy. Here comes Dan Duran. Here we go. I know I've never been the smartest or wisest, but I realize what it takes. Never dwell in the dark because the sun always rises, but gotta make it to the next day. It's a feeling. It's weird that you saw Jill on that Zoom call and I couldn't see her. I don't know how you how that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, do you see Dan Duran now? All I see is the name Dan Duran. Yeah, I see the name Dan Duran. Oh, there's Dan Duran. Now. Okay. That you couldn't see her and I could. There's Dan Duran. But you could see me. I do see you. And I appreciate you. Oh, but while you. you were talking, yeah, yeah. you could see me but not her. Wow. Yeah, I know. I don't know. And, uh, Can you see me? Can you see me now? I do see you. Okay. Nice to see you. To you. Donna, uh, did you ever work with Bob Saget, Dan Duran? Never did work with Bob Saget, no, not not uh, in, the, in my circles. No, he didn't. Were, uh, he beat you out for the role on Full House, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. That's he right. have done that wrong. Oh, Dan, what a... Same sort of, you know, yeah. nice, uh, you know. Yeah. Wonderful man. Dan also, uh, by the way, uh, auditioned for the uh, part of the Olsen twins. <laughs> Dan said I'm a very agent. versatile well, actor. No, so. that's, uh, Dan said to his agent, come on. I could do those. I could be twin eight-year-olds right, or yeah. five-year-olds. Come on. <laughs> Dan Duran can do it all. Absolutely. Speaking of children, what's uh, what's the boy doing behind you? Is he not finished his schoolwork yet? No, it's his last day uh, to uh, the deadlines today. So... He's getting his final assignments all uh, all uh, in order, apparently. So we'll see. Excellent. Excellent. He was reverse story storyboarding last night to to movies he's never seen, like Bullet. Oh, remember Bullet? No, yeah. I saw that. Steve McQueen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what you mean. Reverse storyboarding. What does that mean? So instead of storyboarding for a show that's about to come, you storyboard the scene. In reverse, so you 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 basically after the fact storyboard it, so it gives you skills to storyboard a a uh, you know particular scene in a movie. It's very talented, so. your kid. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, very yeah. talented. Just, uh, just and I and I see what on. you've done. I see you're you know you're basically saying, I've run out of ways to uh, <laughs> to make money, so now I'm going to bank on this kid of mine who's going to be <laughs> making millions of dollars in the movie industry, and you'll just go live wherever he's living. That's right. It's tradition, you know. That's how that you do. <laughs> Take it? care of your elders, right? That's, That's right. <laughs> and I see with the Christmas tree, I get it. Like, why take it down? I'll just wait till it's Christmas again. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know, it's still it's before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, if you want you to know. keep it up there as a reminder of this cockamamie religion that you <laughs> seem to be enjoying, you know, all oh, the cockamamies, cockamamie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, no, here's a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wine. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as fast for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lakeside with the Hummel and Fred News, uh, brought to you by Dan Duran and all that he stands for. Here's anchorman Dan Duran. 
Today is National Peculiar Person Day. To celebrate, do what you're doing now. Listen to the Humble and Fred Show. (laughs) (laughs) Last week, Taco Bell in America began offering a subscription service. Yes, now, for the low, low monthly fee of $10, you can have a free taco every day. Every day could be Taco Day. You know, I read that story. Did you see that story, Fred? The Taco Bell is doing like a taco no. subscription. No, I get it, though. I get it. I, I, it's uh, pretty uh, clever, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, for, for how long? How many days in a row are you having a taco a day? Yeah, but that's what they're banking on, Howard. You of course. Pay your subscription and then don't get the taco and then run out of interest but still pay this subscription, I guess. And you know what most people are like is they yeah. subscribe to these things. Well, they sign yes. up for a year or three months, whatever it is, and then never go and cancel it because I'm, you know, all the different things. I don't have anything that keeps track of when these things are coming up. Right, or people look at it and go, oh, it's only 10 bucks. Yeah, i got to cancel that and don't get around exactly. to it. Exactly. Millions mm-hmm. of dollars are made off that attitude, and uh, that's why I think it's quite clever what they're doing. And what's a taco? I, I, what would a taco be worth for them to make? Maybe five, six cents? Or yeah, and, and they sell, Dan. What, what is a Taco Bell yeah. taco? In your story, does it have what an actual... If you taco or, cost? Yeah, like if you, no. for $10, you're, you can get a taco a day. Right, but I don't. I don't know how much an actual taco. I'm not a big Taco Bell goer, yeah, but I don't know. But, but Could let's it be say a couple it's, of let's bucks? say it's two bucks. Yeah. So, oh, to buy, yeah, to buy, yeah. exactly. And, and they, but they'd look at it from what's it cost to actually. Of make course, it. but yeah. but if somebody were to, so you can only redeem one taco. So in a way, if if somebody said, okay, I'm going to game the system, I'm going to go every day. But of course, you're going to get a taco and a pop and some other stuff. So even after they start losing money on your taco purchase, which would take, as you said, Fred, because they're only costing seven cents to make. It doesn't matter because they're getting you back into a Taco Bell. And what kind of person are you that tells your friends, oh, yeah, I've got to go to Taco Bell. Why is that, Freddie? Because I have a subscription. I have a taco subscription. So there's 300 million people in the states. Just say two or three million dollars, or two or three million people do that at ten bucks, and some will leave, and some will join, and some will leave. Like it's, uh, it's right. what. Hey, look for other companies to start. Doing. We should do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, we should have a fart subscription. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and man. Put it in a jar. Put it in a jar. Humble and friend. See, if we were still on terrestrial radio, we would still we would be doing that. Oh yeah, well we can sell ours farts in a jar. You know, if you'd like to know the business term, it's called the subscription economy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? And you you made a point, Howard, about yeah. you know, you never knowing when. You, you, everybody should maybe this time of year go through all their subscriptions because you know I've got uh, Prime. Yeah, I've got your Netflix. Netflix. I've got Crave. I've got uh, Apple. Uh, you know, some Apple, Apple TV, uh, you know, Disney cloud stuff, all your uh, porno Disney. channels. I don't pay for those. Free oh, porn. okay. Those are um, free. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go premium? Wait a second. You're not on premium? <laughs> you, you? No. Are you premium? Who's signing up for premium access to porn? Come on, I people. I can't, just can't decide. There's too much. It's too much. <laughs> don't I saw, I saw this thing the other day where somebody was using a hula hoop, and I thought that would make a good cock ring for Dan. Uh, <laughs> Wow. That actually was waiting. It took took five minutes. Yeah, you know, we can't have one cock free day with Dan Duran. (laughs) (laughs) There actually is a company. I heard an advertisement. I heard the advertisement on the satellite 
a company that actually, this one what made me think of it, Dan, is that there's a company called, I think it's One Bill or something like that, which you basically, sub, you, you get a subscription or you, you, you buy this thing where you put all your subscription-based um, things yeah. in one place and it tells you, it keeps track of when the renewals are. And you get reminders. You get yeah. reminders. I know. Well, that's you know, a good idea. Major League Baseball, right? Um, you can listen on a radio, but local stations cannot stream baseball. So if you go to the fan uh, here in Toronto, um, you can listen on the radio, but you can't stream it through them. Okay. Oh, so you're listening to it on the internet through their their radio portal. But, right? but you have yeah. to buy... No, you have to get it through Major League Baseball. It's $4 a month, but that's the only way you can listen to streaming baseball of your local team, hmm. if you follow what I'm saying. And the same thing. So I signed up for it last year, and I thought, hey, the baseball season, three or four months, and then I just noticed the other day I'm still paying for it because they offer programming during the winter as well. Yeah. It's you know, only same, four bucks, but it's just an example. I'm like, yeah, I should have canceled that. It's same with me. I have this thing called Golf Pass, and it's a, a full-on sort of online channel supported by the Golf Channel and NBC. And I think it was a hundred bucks for the year, and it has sh- its own shows, and you can certain access to instruction and so on. So, and I, went, I I signed up for it, watched it a few times over the course of the winter, and then I did the same thing. I'm like, oh shit, this thing is it's coming up for renewal again. But I caught it in time. Um, remember when we first started this thing, we were going to do a subscription-based podcast? Remember we were going to charge people to listen to the yeah. show? Mm-hmm. And how we thought that was the way this thing was going to unfold and how, you know, almost there's nobody that's doing that. Steve Dahl was the guy that we were, you know, thinking of sort of doing the same thing as him, but it never worked out for anybody. Well, I'll tell you, not to contradict, but... David Marsden with his NY the Spirit, um, you know it's a it's like an old CFNY streaming radio station where jocks come on. He charges like five ninety nine a month, and he's been doing it for years now. And I remember right out of the gate saying to him or somebody associated with it, like, "Why is he doing that? Like, why wouldn't he just sell advertising for that? Because again, it's a brand that people knew. The advantage we had out of the gate as well." But all these years later, he's still. But I'm thinking at five ninety nine a month, right? Mm-hmm. If he has like two thousand people, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what right. I mean? That's ten grand a month or whatever. And but you know, but you know, Adam Carolla, Mark Marin, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, the sort of bigger ones that have come and gone in the times that we've been doing. Then none of those they they all went with the other way, which was you know right. our model: get listeners, sell advertising. Absolutely, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I listened to a couple podcasts this weekend from some comedians, one guy named Mike Berbiglia, and I wanted to hear him interview Jim Gaffigan. And uh, three times during the podcast, you know, they pause and he comes on and reads spots like us. Mm -hmm. Dan, was there another story I uh, have completely forgotten? Yes, there is another story. Do you want to hear it? Now with more breaking news, Uh, there's Dan Durant. This is your unproven COVID cures update. Yes. So here we go. Viagra. Apparently, a nurse in the UK woke from a COVID coma with a large dose of the blue pills. So now it's a cure with no real research behind it. A perfect opportunity for old guys to do the studies. You know, mm-hmm. so the the needs of the many outweigh the needs <laughs> of the right. few. Thank you, Mr. Spock. <laughs> 
Thank you, Mr. Spock. Yes, yes. Yeah, I also, also, Indian doctors are now warning against cow dung as a COVID cure. Don't eat cow shit is their message. <laughs> is their message. And most recently is urine therapy. The uh, There's an, a guy in the States, anti-COVID-19 uh, vaccine police leader. Christopher Key is his name. He said last week, God's given us everything we need. Yeah. Now, drink urine. This vaccine is the worst bioweapon I've ever seen, he concluded. I drink my own urine. So now, if, if you are unvaccinated, please, please, please... Take Viagra, eat cow shit, and drink your pee, and get back to us. Let Humble and Fred know how you're doing. <laughs> That's all. That is all. You've uh, frozen on my screen there. That's fine. Did I lose you in there? Yeah. You know, interesting that you know we had sort right. of had a conversation. You're still here, but you're not moving. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We had a conversation earlier in the show about hesitancy, and you know, just get vaccinated already. Blah blah blah. It's just funny to me that ivermectin and all these things that are the, that they're willing to take horse dewormer but they're not willing to take a vaccine that has been developed by you know the, pretty much the brightest minds on our planet mm-hmm. but like on uh, you know by the way Tucker Carlson talked about that the other night too about uh, Viagra like as an option because he's positioned now that you know he's not totally against vaccines it should be your choice which you know on some levels that's true um but his whole spin is if you don't want to take the vaccine why shouldn't be able and you know nothing wrong with taking the vaccine but if i if you choose to take these other things like why not so the other night he presented the whole viagra thing as well like, you know, this is, here's another thing. You know, if it works, then why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it seems, my, again, my point is that you're, if you're willing to do anything but take the vaccine, it just seems odd that you would, yeah. that that's where you land. Dan, you've completely, well, there you are. You're, you're still there, but you're, you're obviously your, your feed isn't as good as it was. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, now you're basically. Okay. Well, we can kind of hear you. Yeah. Oh, now you're. Gone. Which sucked a bit because when he was delivering all those punchlines, yeah, it was so much choppy, choppy punchlines. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dan, it's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it goes. Dan, how's your deep core? <laughs> yeah, I was laying there on the floor. Stan and I are playing catch, and I thought, oh, I should make, this is a good time to engage my deep core, and I couldn't find it. Here's what annoys me about a guy like Dan Duran. He'll tell you. He hates, no, he hates exercise. He's never, ever really worked out. No, of course not. But then, you know, traditionally over the years, and still to this point, Mm -hmm. I mean, based on his age and the shape he's in for his age, Dan always had this, like, muscular body like with like when you looked at dan up north without a shirt on it's all that guy must work out on some level like, no, I know. how do you how do you have that firmness without ever working out like i don't how why are some blessed and others not is is my question that is a, it's a good question if you can still hear me but uh i'm i'm i'll only defend myself in that i'm pretty active i do a lot of stuff 
I yep. don't necessarily do a traditional workout thing, which I think has to change that coming up. I mean, no, but you're right. You, you are very sense. active around your home and around your trailer. You're always doing something. You're very strong. You swing knacks uh, and things, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. does that build muscle? That might keep fat off, but... How do you build the muscle without working out? How is that natural? Well, it's part of it is because Jesus is uh, Dan's uh, savior, and uh, he gives Dan extra muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's why I still have the Christmas tree up. That's, That's my, right. My strength's uh, tied up in that, uh, that tree right he now. He gets his superpower from Jesus. Right. Until, no, uh, until Easter, when we, uh, uh, you know, new superpowers. Even as a young man, uh, I was looking at a picture not so long ago of Dan in short shorts and a crop top. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, and I was thinking, yes, that picture, Dan. And I was thinking, wow, that guy, even then he had big arms. He was a strapping lad. <laughs> that was it. Interesting yeah, I guess, time, you know, Penny. Uh, you know, uh, metabolism, your yeah. body chemistry, whatever mm. it is. And, of course, I had to get the flab factor, of course. And Dan gets the muscles. I get the flab. And yeah, but you got so many other gifts, you know. You're <laughs> so, <laughs> so many gifts. Yeah, yeah. Dan, do you have the uh, goodbye script in front of you? Uh, let me, uh, well, you have to give me a second. Yeah, take there. your time, man. This, yeah. Uh, Thanks to uh, Noel Kassler. Appreciate him. And, of course, Jill Schulenberg from GoDaddy.com. Julie Adam, that's tomorrow. She's uh, our friend. For, I, former, I think she's the vice president of Rogers Radio, all of it. She was uh, one of the first people to have an interest in our podcast and was so mm-hmm. good to us. And we're going to be looking forward to talking to her. She's written a book as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that'll be interesting tomorrow on the program. Dan, take us home, brother. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and I endorse this broadcast. I got time, 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 time,